Hello, my Teaching Without a Book friends. I'm Sarah Thomas, and today we are going to talk about the most effective way to use your ELA and math centers. share with you a system or an approach to centers or station rotations that I personally developed when I was in the classroom. And this system was hands down the most effective way that I've ever been able to support my students academically. Now when it comes to centers, also known as station rotations, there are all kinds of different approaches and systems out there such as like guided math and the daily five. And when I was a new teacher, I tried many of these systems. They were research-based and it's what everyone was using using and so I felt like it was a good place to start. Over time though, I really started to notice that my students were struggling a lot with retention and being able to maintain the learning of skills and standards that they had already mastered. And this made me think about myself as a learner. I may have mastered a math concept in September, but if you were to try to test me on that again in November, I would never be able to successfully do it. I am the kind of learner where if I am not constantly practicing and doing and engaging in that learning, I'm going to forget in a very short period of time. And I don't think that that's unique to myself. I think a lot of us can really relate to that. Even as a teacher, how often do you hear from your colleagues at the grade level that comes after you say that your students from last year claim that they never learned certain things or that we never did that? I know for sure that that was true for me and I think it's true for most of us. And it isn't that we didn't teach them those things. It's that they don't remember learning that content. And that's because the curriculum just does not give our students enough time to engage in the learning and consistently practice and have that exposure. Our children need the time to interact with skills and standards so that they have more opportunity to master them and retain them. So we know that research shows that learning happens through doing and exposure. When we teach our students new content, skills, or standards, and then we just move them along to the next unit in the curriculum without ever providing that space for them to revisit the things that they learned and mastered, they will forget what they've learned. Now this idea just circling back to old content throughout the school year, also known as spiraling or a spiraled curriculum, is not new. This strategy was developed by Jerome Berner in 1960 and is actually commonly used by teachers all the time without them even realizing it because it makes sense. And so after really seeing my kids struggle to retain their learning, I knew I wanted my math and ELA centers to become focused on providing that spiral review for them, where they could circle back to interact with those previously taught skills and standards and have the opportunity to interact with them for the rest of the school year. So that was really the first piece for me when developing my most effective approach to centers. It's really rooted in the foundation of that spiral curriculum. The second component was in the structure for determining what sorts of activities and learning would be at each center. And this is the place where I personally feel that the other approaches that I had tried fell short for my kids. For example, in the Daily Five, the foundation is really to grow students as independent readers. Therefore, the content of each center is focused on fostering literacy. But what I was recognizing was that my students needed the time to actually be reviewing the things that they had learned and continue to practice the skills and standards that I had already taught them. And so that is how I developed my standards-based centers approach. By creating centers or stations that were based on groupings of standards in ELA and math, 
I was able to provide consistent spiral review of standards and skills for the entire school year. This allowed my students to engage in that content over and over again, which increased their retention and their mastery of those skills and standards. So while I was pulling small groups for reading or math instruction, the rest of my kids were engaging in explicit, intentional learning activities that were data-driven, differentiated, and based on their grade level standards. This not only helped them to retain what they had already learned, but it provided that opportunity for me to close learning gaps for students who were still approaching those grade level standards and provide enrichment for those students who were able to quickly and easily master them. So I had come up with this idea over the summer and I knew I wanted to try it out for the next school year, but I didn't wanna necessarily do both math and ELA because again, this was just a new idea. I wasn't totally sure how this was going to work out. So in that first year, I just focused on transitioning over from the daily five to my newly developed system of these standards-based centers. And I will totally admit, I was really nervous that if I moved away from the daily five, that it might have a negative impact on my students' literacy development. It can be scary to let go of something that is research-based and is used and recognized so widely. But in my heart, I knew I really needed to trust myself and serve the students that were in front of me. So I decided to go ahead and move forward with my standards-based centers in ELA and start conducting my own research. And as the school year got going, my fears were very quickly diminished. First, I realized that a lot of my standard-based activities aligned with and still required my kiddos to practice the same skills as the daily five. Only with my standard-based approach, my students were asked to do more, expand, and dig deeper. The results were incredible. My students made the greatest gains in reading than any other class that I had ever had. And not only that, they all reached their goals several months before the end of the school year. And the real sprinkles on that cupcake was when my building leader asked to meet with me so that she could let me know my kids had the greatest growth in reading building wide that year. So by the end of the first year, I knew that what I had created was working. And so the following year, I decided to transition over to using the standard-based centers for math as well. Since then, I've developed and facilitated a workshop all about how to create and implement standard-based centers to teachers from all over our region. And according to the data that's been collected to show student impact, the teachers who have used and implemented the learning of my workshop have all experienced the same level of success with their students as well. So how can you get started with standard-based centers in your own classroom? I'm going to outline three easy steps that will help you get this approach up and running. was to create a guide of my grade level standards so that rather than being all on a bunch of different pages, I had them all on one simple page that was really easy and quick to reference. I put all the standards on one page and I organized them into categories. Then each of those categories became a center. So for example, my standard-based ELA centers were reading text and literature, reading foundational skills, language and vocabulary, writing, and then I also added a fifth read to self center because my block was long enough to have a five center rotation at 15 minutes each. Now each of those centers focused only on that grouping of standards and so any activity found in that center would then hit one of the standards inside of that grouping. So that looks like at the reading text and literature center, there were activities that supported students reading comprehension because those are the standards that fall under that group. So I might have my kids read a short passage or engage with a piece of our weekly mentor text or work with pictures or illustrations in order to answer questions and make connections. So the activities in this 
this center covers only standards that are found in that reading, text, and literature family. And so if my next center was the Reading Foundational Skills Center, all of the activities in that center are going to be based on standards inside of that grouping of standards. And so those activities were word work based. So things like digraphs or blending, as well as working on fluency and high frequency words. And so for my third center, which is language and vocabulary, again, students focus on standards within that group as well as my writing center. And then again, I had time for that final fifth center. And so I provided that read to self opportunity where students could independently choose and read books and texts from our classroom library. So when planning my centers, I really depended heavily on that standards cheat sheet to be able to select the standards that I wanted my kids to work with each week. I will say that the downside to all of this was really creating those cheat sheets of my standards because it took a really long time. First of all, to be flipping through all the pages of standards and then all of the formatting that I had to do to make it so that it would all fit on the one page. But it was really worth it for me because it saved so much time in the end when it came to the planning. However, what you should know is, is I have created a resource of these cheat sheets that are already done. And they're all based on the New York State Next Generation ELA and Math Standards. All of the standards are organized on one easy cheat sheet and I have them for grades pre-K all the way through six, again, for both math and ELA. And you can purchase these and save a ton of time. In fact, you can grab that entire bundle for less than a cup of Starbucks coffee. And it will literally save you hours of flipping back and forth through the different pages of standards. So it is absolutely worth it. I will link those cheat sheets in the description of the video. And if you're listening on the podcast, you can find the cheat sheets in the show notes. Going back to the standard-based centers, some of those names aren't super kid-friendly, like especially the first two that we talked about, like reading, text, and literature, reading, foundational skills. I mean, like, that's not really gonna resonate with our kids. So I did change the names and you can change the names to whatever you want them to be, but you want them to be something that where the kids can sort of make that connection as to what the objective of their learning is at each of those stations. And so really for the reading, text, and literature, we just called it text and literature. And we changed reading foundational skills just to the word work center. Language and vocabulary just became vocabulary, but you can choose whatever names for your centers that are gonna work well for you. And so when I implemented the standard-based centers for math, I did the same thing. I just used my standards cheat sheets and the groupings of the standards to create a center out of each of those groups. And so my standard-based math stations included operations in algebraic thinking, numbers and operations in base 10, measurement and data, and geometry. And so the first step to the process is to create those cheat sheets. And if you decide to create your own, I highly recommend creating at least the grade level below and above you so that that way it makes for much easier differentiation. And again, in the resource I've created, you will get grades pre-K all the way through six. So you have your cheat sheets with the groups of standards and you've got the structure for your new centers all created. Step two is to now get your materials organized. So once I started to go standard-based, I had all of these materials and I needed to sort them and organize them based on the standard and what grouping they would fall into so that I knew which materials and activities were going to go at each of the different centers. So I created a storage tote and a binder for each of my new standard-based centers where I could store my manipulatives, games, and any of my worksheets. 
Again, I used that standards cheat sheet here to help me as well so that I could match my existing resources to whatever center they were going to belong to. Games and manipulatives all went into the tote and then I put my worksheets into a binder. Now, if I could go back in time, I would actually store my papers in a folder or some sort of envelope and maybe even keep them in a file because I'm super picky and the problem with keeping papers in a three ring binder is when you make copies, it'll leave the three holes on the side. So eventually I even organized all of the manipulative games and activities and broke them down into even more specific categories based on season because I was a teacher who loved to do things based on the seasons. And so that way I could have not only standard based activities at each of the centers, they would also reflect and match the season that we were in. And being organized this way made it so much easier for me to set up my centers every week. Rather than searching through my cupboards and shelves for activities at random, I just used my planner to see what the standards that I had chosen were and I pulled out my tote in my binder and I chose games and activities that provided practice for the standards that I had chosen that week. Getting organized up front also really helped me to identify where I needed to create or purchase additional materials. For example, after sorting my ELA centers, I noticed that I had a ton of things for word work, but really hardly anything for the language and vocabulary center. This allowed me to be more intentional with my requisitions so that I was able to better expand and provide more of a variety for the kids. Okay, so step one, you've got your standards all organized on the sheets and you have your new centers created. Step number two, all of your materials and resources that you already have are now organized by your new centers in the topics or groupings of the standards that they will cover. step is to plan. Now, using your cheat sheets, you can choose standards and plan the activities for all of your standard-based centers. Now, depending on the age of your students and where you are in the school year, sometimes I would set up so that they would have one activity in the center per day. And then I did this especially at the beginning as they were learning, but eventually over time, you can front load and have all of the centers set up with all the activities they need to do for the entire week. And then they can choose which activity to do on what day, as long as they get all of them done by the end of the week. So those are the three main steps that you need to take in order to get the standard-based centers up and running in your classroom. I do just want to give you a couple little tips before I send you off today. First, for each center where you have not taught standards or skills for your own grade level yet, you're going to use the standards from last year. As a first grade teacher, when my kids first came to me at the beginning of the school year, of course we have to take the time to teach them physically how to do centers. And I hadn't taught them much academic content yet. We were doing all of the beginning of the school year relationship building stuff. In that case, you use last year's standards. This also provides them with that extra practice to help them remember what they had learned because they're going to be able to need those skills to do the things you're going to teach them to do. Once you've taught and assessed the skills or standards at your grade level, you can then start putting those out at your centers and replace some of last year's standards with the ones that you've now taught. I want to tell you is to use your standards cheat sheets to differentiate. Once you've taught your students grade level skills and they are out at the centers and students are doing their spiral review, for any student who is still working towards the mastery of your grade level standard, you can provide scaffolded work that's going to help them close their learning gap as they work towards mastery of the grade level standard. For any students who have quickly and easily mastered those grade level standards that you've taught, then you can provide them some enrichment by giving them activities 
these that are based on the standards of the next year's grade level. This is why standard-based centers are so powerful. They're a means to a more mastery learning approach, whereas usually scope and sequence only allows just a few short weeks for students to master their skills and standards. The standard-based learning centers allow our kiddos to keep working towards these skills and standards for the rest of the school year, which gives them more time to close those learning gaps and master those standards. If you're a teacher who doesn't use actual station rotations or centers, you can easily use the standard-based approach for a playlist. You would just simply choose standards for all of your must-dos and may-dos based on those groupings. Standard-based centers have been an absolute game changer for my students as well as for the other teachers who I have taught and who have implemented this approach. Remember that curriculum is just what we teach, but the how is up to us. And that's why at Teaching Without a Book, our mission is to help teachers put the art back into teaching. And this means to operate outside of that manual in order to do what's best for kids. I'm currently planning a full comprehensive course on standard-based centers, and it's going to walk you through all of the steps that you need to be able to create, implement, and manage standard-based centers in your classroom. So there will be more to come on that soon. For now, don't forget to check the video description and the show notes on the podcast and grab your copy of those standards cheat sheets so so that you can easily get started with standard-based centers in your classroom. And for even more support, you can go to teachingwithoutabook.org and apply for our teacher mentoring program where I will work with you individually and provide the support that you need to get this system up and running in your classroom. As always, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Send me an email at st at teachingwithoutabook.org or you can leave a comment in the video description as well. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I hope that you have a great week and I will see you all next time. Bye.